0: Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now.
1: So the speech we heard from Biden on Wednesday was not really a policy speech full of details about what he's going to do.
0: This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge, and unity is the path forward.
1: It was more of a sweeping call for unity and for people, whether they voted for him or supported him or not, to come together to address this problem that will make or break his presidency.
2: Hey, Pulse Check listeners, this is Jeremy Siegel, continuing our special Pulse Check series on the coronavirus outbreak.
1: All right, I'm recording.
2: Today, I'm talking with my colleague, Alice Miranda Olstein.
1: I am a healthcare and transition reporter for Politico.
2: About President Joe Biden's plan to beat the pandemic.
1: So right now, we are in the most deadly and severe phase of the pandemic to date. The U.S. coronavirus death toll has now topped 400,000, just one day before a new administration is set to take office. This week, we crossed 400,000 deaths, and we have tens of millions of cases. Health experts warn we could hit half a million deaths sometime in February. Hospitals are stretched to the breaking point. Contact tracers have all but given up in a lot of places just because uh, cases are so prevalent they can't call everybody. And distressingly, we also have a new variant of the virus that is more contagious.
0: Some disturbing COVID news from researchers at Ohio State today. A new strain of the virus discovered here in America. They say it has mutations never before seen. They also say they found another strain that is identical to the one from the United Kingdom. The researchers say these mutations are likely to make the virus more infectious.
1: And so with all of this converging as Biden takes office, there is just going to be an overwhelming focus on the pandemic above everything else.
2: Do you think a new president has ever taken office during as great of a crisis as Biden is facing right now?
1: So That's been a a hotly debated topic recently, and I would say that the pandemic is a a once-in-a-century public health crisis. Um, We have not had a new president come into office with those specific circumstances, and this is really going to define how people view whether Biden is successful or not as a leader.
0: Please listen to your public health experts. Instead of denigrating them, do your job, Mr. President, because if we can't deal with the public health crisis, we can't deal with the economic crisis.
1: So when he was campaigning, the overriding theme was that Donald Trump is failing to contain the pandemic and I know what to do. I will listen to the scientists. I will turn things around. And so now it's really time for him to deliver on those promises.
2: So how does he plan to do that? Like, what's the policy behind the words here?
1: Sure. So while we didn't get a lot of policy details on the pandemic in the inauguration speech, we have gotten them in recent days. So President Biden will, in his first 100 days, he set a goal of
0: 100 million shots in the first 100 days.
1: And They're on their way to meeting that goal. Dr. Fauci and others have said, you know, this is feasible even though the rollout of the vaccine has been slow and rocky and uneven and plagued with problems.
0: The president-elect has put together a plan, looking at the plan and discussing it with the team I feel that this is an eminently doable goal.
1: The Biden administration is modeling a lot of their response on how now Chief of Staff Ron Klain tackled the Ebola crisis. And there's two key aspects that they are modeling off of that that we're going to see very soon. One is setting up a task force within the White House that reports directly to the president that will manage the pandemic across the federal government and liaising with states and they feel that that is a much better model than the one the trump administration had led by mike pence
2: well
0: good afternoon and to our our fellow americans out west good morning we just completed today's uh, meeting of the white house coronavirus task force and
1: i'm pleased they really feel that managing the pandemic is a full-time job, and you can't do it if you already have a full-time job, like vice president or HHS secretary. So that's a key piece. Another is that Biden moved immediately on Wednesday to rejoin the World Health Organization that Trump tried to withdraw from. They've also said that they will implement mask mandates in all of the spaces that the federal government controls and require them for federal employees and contractors and require them on federal lands and federal buildings and on interstate transportation. This is also as they're going to be, you know, calling on people to unite behind a mask mandate, even in states that don't require them. So you're going to see all of this. You're going to see Biden pushing Congress to swiftly pass this 1.9 1.9 trillion bill he's proposed to tackle the pandemic and the economic harm it has caused the
0: consensus among leading economists is we simply can't not afford not to do what i'm proposing we will strengthen our economy reduce inequity and put our nation's long-term finances on the most sustainable course.
1: That's going to be tough. Congress is juggling impeachment and confirming his cabinet and other things. And a lot of Republicans are opposed to that level of spending. And you are also just going to see a complete change in tone. And we have already.
0: To heal, we must remember. It's hard sometimes to remember. But that's how we heal.
1: The event Tuesday night where Biden held sort of a memorial for those who have died from COVID, we haven't seen anything like that from the Trump administration.
0: That's why we're here today. Between sundown and dusk, let us shine the lights in the darkness along the sacred pool of reflection. Remember all whom we lost.
1: You're hearing a much more somber tone and a lot of blunt assessments from Biden and his top officials on the toll of the pandemic, the more than 400,000 dead so far, and how it's going to get worse before it gets better, especially with these new, more contagious variants of the virus now circulating in the country. And you're going to hear a lot of this is a tough road ahead, We're going to need the people in this country to make sacrifices. Those are not things we heard from the Trump administration.
2: Do you think that change in messaging will work? I mean, because you do have a lot of people out there who, you know, still aren't following mass guidance who, you know, might be questioning whether they should or should not take a vaccine. Can messaging from the president change people's outlook on issues like that?
1: So there are basic public health messaging principles that have been used for a long time and are sort of tried and true and proven. You know, they've been used for things like HIV or, you know, during the Ebola crisis or all kinds of things. And, you know, this kind of Blunt assessments, but also the appeal to people's sense of altruism. You know, I've, I've talked with a lot of experts who say blaming and shaming people for not wearing masks or not social distancing and saying, you know, if you do this, you're going to die. That doesn't work. That makes people just sort of double down and resist more. But the kinds of messages that Biden has previewed and that we're likely to hear a lot more of from his administration are things like wear a mask to protect your loved ones and your community. It's a patriotic thing to do. You can be a part of the solution. That can work, but the experts also stress that the right messaging is necessary but not sufficient. Um, It has to be paired with other kinds of things Biden has proposed that enable people to follow the guidance, you know, you're asking people to stay home from work when they're sick. What if they don't have paid sick leave? What if they don't have space in their house to isolate from their family? People need very concrete things to be able to follow the public health guidance that the government is going to be promoting.
2: All right, we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back in just a minute after a message from our sponsor. What are some of the biggest challenges Biden is facing right now with this, not just with public health messaging or public health guidance, but, you know, also with federal agencies and possible lingering problems from the presidential transition?
1: Absolutely. So we reported this week that the Biden team is entering office knowing that things are a mess (laughs) that they're going to have to tackle, but also They believe that things are even worse than they've realized because during the transition, they've been prevented at several agencies from accessing data on the pandemic, from meeting with career officials to really get get the straight story on what's been going on. And so they are just starting this week going to be finding out how severe the issues are at the different agencies. They're also going to be investigating how many Trump administration political appointees have burrowed into career jobs. That's been a a trend we've been tracking. And how they're going to deal with those individuals. Do they trust them to do a job without a partisan lens? Do they trust them to be on board with Biden's agenda or do they feel they need to, you know, transfer them, keep them away from the important work? Um, there's just also the federal workforce is really hollowed out. And that's been happening over the past four years, but also before. Um, And so there's going to be a lot needed to restore morale and to restore some of the legal protections for the federal workforce. And the incoming Biden team has signaled that when it comes to the pandemic, they want somewhat of a clean slate. They asked Surgeon General Jerome Adams to resign On Wednesday, rather than having him stay on until they can get their new Surgeon General Vivek Murthy confirmed. Um, They've said that they want to get rid of Operation Warp Speed, the Trump administration's program for developing the vaccine and to have their own branding. They're just really signaling, we think the Trump administration botched this pandemic and we want to do things completely differently.
2: I want to talk more about the vaccine rollout because I feel like we're at the point right now where You and I can like kind of have a conversation about whether, say, like our parents have gotten a vaccination or are signed up. And sorry that I'm dating you here, mom and dad. But I mean, what do you think it's going to take to get to that point where you and I can have a conversation about whether we've gotten a vaccine, about, you know, people who who aren't first responders, who aren't, you know, over the age of 65, where everyday Americans across the country are trying to sign up and might be able to get access to shots.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a little hard to tell at this point because some states are moving forward right now vaccinating, you know, anyone over 65. Other states are only vaccinating people over 75. Other states are still trying to get through their healthcare workforce and people in nursing homes. It's really uneven across the country. And so Biden has pledged a lot more federal support for states and a lot more federal guidance and communication rather than the Trump administration's attitude of, you know, we develop the vaccine and we ship it out to you and after that it's your problem governors um so you know we're all hopeful that the pace of vaccinations will ramp up right now it's uh dangerously slow to the point where you know it would take years to get everyone in the country vaccinated um but it is moving forward you know and when it comes to you and me i don't exactly know we're all we're all waiting to find out
2: do you think these changes that biden is trying to make that he said he would make to the federal government's approach to vaccines like is it going to make that difference that everybody's hoping for because i feel like you know it was like a super hopeful moment when we found out that the vaccines were effective and then when we saw people getting their first shots and then it's just sort of like turned into like this i don't know weird purgatory type state where everybody's like knows that vaccines are out there but we're not getting it like can biden you know, instigate some sort of change that's really going to change the nation's course with vaccinations?
1: I think they are going to have an impact on two key pieces of this. Right now, we don't have enough sites where people can get vaccinated and we don't have enough people doing the vaccinations. So they've pledged federal support to set up vaccination sites And set them up in places that aren't hospitals and pharmacies. And that's really important because a lot of lower income communities of color don't have a hospital or pharmacy nearby. Um, And so, you know, you need to set up vaccination sites at schools, at churches, at community centers, sports stadiums. And they're also moving to expand who can be giving those vaccinations and to train more people to do that. You know, you don't necessarily need a medical degree to give a vaccine. Lots of people who have different health conditions give themselves injections every day. So I think that those pieces will make a big difference. They are also attempting to address fairly widespread vaccine hesitancy by mounting a more than $1 billion public ad campaign to have different messages targeted at different communities to really encourage people to get vaccinated, to assure them that this vaccine is trustworthy, that it was not developed with political motivations, that it will protect them. Um, And I think... Experts are hopeful that all of those pieces will make a difference, even though there will be many problems ahead.
2: So if all of those pieces work out, if everything goes according to Biden's coronavirus plan here, his vaccine plan, when do you think this is going to end.
1: So the Biden team has been, you know, very hesitant to lay out sort of concrete dates. And they have looked at the Trump administration's, you know, repeated promises, you know, it'll be over by Easter, it'll be over by then it'll it'll go away at this time. And even, you know, pledging to have a vaccine before Election Day, and not meeting all of those goals, they Definitely want to underpromise and over-deliver rather than do the opposite. That said, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who Biden has asked to stay on and have a really prominent role going forward, has talked about the fall of this year as when we can see life return to normal. But all of them are really stressing that a vaccine is not a green light to just, you know, go party again. Once you get vaccinated, you still have to practice masking and social distancing, because we don't yet know if the vaccine prevents people from transmitting the virus. We just know that it prevents people from getting sick. So I think that we are hoping that with vaccinations ramping up, we will see deaths starting to come down. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be you know, having brunch in DC and big groups again soon.
2: Do you think the coronavirus pandemic is what will define Joe Biden's presidency?
1: Absolutely. And I think it is so tied with Democrats' focus on health care for so many election cycles recently. And all of the lawmakers and, and folks I've talked to stress that the pandemic has shown a very bright and unflattering light on the inequalities that already existed in our health system. And they're hoping that it brings momentum to address some of the more systemic things. Of course, first, they have to put out the fire. We have people dying en masse every day. But there is hope that this brings some momentum for bigger reforms.
2: All right, that is our show for this week. I'm Jeremy Siegel, and my thanks to Alice Miranda Olstein for joining me. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament, and our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Be sure to subscribe to Pulse Check wherever you're listening right now. And to stay up on the latest on the coronavirus pandemic, sign up for the Politico Pulse newsletter, which comes out every morning. You can find that at politico.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week.
1: Hi, I'm Tara Palmieri. And as Joe Biden transitions back into the White House, I'm part of the brand new team leading a new Politico playbook for a new era, along with my colleagues Ryan Lizza, Rachel Bade and Eugene Daniels, we will bring you the obsessive insider scoops about politics and people in power. We'll be your daily unofficial guide to official Washington. We know Playbook is the first thing that hundreds of thousands of you read every morning, and we'll give you an efficient tip sheet to start your day on what you need to read and who you need to watch. Subscribe at politico.com playbook and tune into our audio briefing every weekday morning, wherever you get your podcasts.